What's up? What's happening? What's going on? Welcome back to Ground Up Faith. This is the podcast where I bring to you a variety of religious content. Uh, you are specifically listening to Ground Up Sermons. I am, as ever, your intrepid host, uh, Pastor Jonathan Schnibben, and I am joined today uh, by my partner in crime, Alistair, my 15-month-old son. So you may hear him uh, running around in the background uh, helping me out just a little bit today. Anyways, we are glad that you are here. Um, um, this sermon for that I preached yesterday um, is for uh, Good Shepherd Sunday. It's always the fourth Sunday um, uh, of the Easter season. Specifically, the text was John 10, uh, verses 11 to 18. This is Jesus' Good Shepherd discourse. And today's uh, sermon uh, reflects on the, um, the, the realities of uh, a shepherd's role of uh, leading their sheep to good pasture. Uh, and so the, that's the sermon you're going to listen to here in just a little bit after I roll this intro. So it's interesting when you've been a preacher for a while to stop and take inventory of the major themes that you have preached on a lot over the years. And it occurred to me as I prepared for this Good Shepherd Sunday that I have preached an awful lot of sermons about shepherds and sheep. Because you know what? It comes up a lot in Scripture, and it comes up a lot uh, throughout our liturgical year. It's a really big theme. Jesus as our good shepherd and we the sheep. It's, again, a big part of the reason why our name here is Good Shepherd. And, you know, i got to be honest... I've never once met a shepherd. Not once. I've read about shepherds. I've looked at pictures of shepherds. And April and I tried our darndest to adopt a shepherd dog. (laughs) Funny story, when we went to the rescue, they said that our dog, Katie, this was like 14 years ago, was an Australian shepherd. She'd be wonderful to have. What we found out after we got her was that she was a um, pit bull mix. (laughs) Because you know what? They don't tell you that dogs are pit bulls at the rescue because you know what people don't do? They don't adopt them. They say, this is a shepherd. And everyone goes, oh, that sounds wonderful. Funny thing though, Pitbulls make excellent pets as long as you love them and take care of them and don't, you know, tie them up outside and just neglect them. In fact, they're actually known as the nanny breed. Helen Keller, remember her? If you look at pictures of her with her dog, you know what it is? It's a pit bull. 
because they were great dogs to have for taking care of children. So that's my little PSA moment there for a little bit. If you're looking to adopt a dog, I can't possibly recommend pit bulls enough. They're wonderful. Back to the sermon. So we tried to adopt a, a shepherd dog, but that fell through. So I have very limited personal experience with a shepherd. And yet I have preached a lot of sermons on shepherds and sheep. And I've focused on all kinds of themes, themes that that we named here, uh, themes of shepherds protecting their sheep from either themselves or outside dangers. I've preached uh, what I think in my mind are wonderful sermons about shepherds putting sheep up on their shoulders and carrying them around and all of that kind of stuff. But it occurred to me, because I am a really dense, slow individual at times, that I have not, in all of my years of preaching on shepherds and sheep, I have not once focused on the theme of pastures. The pastures that shepherds lead sheep to. Because if, if we're really honest, that's when you boil it down, that's what shepherds are really focused on doing. Finding good pastures to take their sheep to that have good grass for them to eat, nice still waters, as Psalm 23 says, that won't whisk the sheep downstream and then all of them follow suit and now all the sheep are gone. That's what shepherds are focused on doing. Creating an environment that brings sheep to good pasture. Now think about this for a moment. You need certain kinds of places for a shepherd to identify a pasture as a good place to take care of sheep. Anybody here um, interested in agricultural history? Or is that just me? Oh, it's just me. Okay, a few of you. So you might recognize that in the American South, we historically had a lot of farms. We grew all kinds of, of crops, and farming was a big business, a huge driver in the economy in the early days of, of this country here in the South. Likewise, also in the upper Midwest, tremendous, huge farms, hundreds of thousands of acres. You have uh, farm equipment that's directed by satellites now. It's just that big. All of these places, with the way the geography worked and the climate worked and everything else, were ideal places for growing crops. But you know what? they weren't particularly ideal for grazing livestock. You might have been to Texas. What do you call Texas? I mean, there's a lot of things you call Texas, but one of them is the Longhorn State, right? Because they have a lot of Longhorn cattle and they do a lot of ranching and things like that. One of the things that they realized is that when you take all these farmers in this big agribusiness booming economy sort of thing, you want to expand that, right? If you got a good thing, you expand it. 
So they tried expanding it into Texas. Are there a lot of farms there in Texas? Not really, no. Are there a lot of farms there in the prairie lands? Not generally. Because you know what? It's not really good for farming. But you know what it's great for? Grazing livestock. Because you have these grasses, and their roots reach way down into the earth. And so it's really stable grass. So you get livestock in there, and they eat it all up, and they move to the next pasture, and it just pops right back up really well so you can rotate them back over to that pasture once again. So a shepherd has to know this. A shepherd has to be able to identify, this is really great ground for growing crops, and it's really crummy ground for grazing livestock. Or crops aren't going to grow here very well, but livestock will. And that is one of the big jobs of a shepherd, is providing for their sheep or whatever livestock they've got meaningful pastures in which they can be fed and nourished, in which they can be strengthened and they can grow. So that is where we have to pause and reflect today. For a moment, I want to invite you, just in your own mind, to think about and celebrate the pastures that Jesus the Good Shepherd has led you to and nourished you with. Just for yourself. What are those pastures? Are they people? Like Sunday school teachers, pastors, church workers, parents, grandparents, siblings? Are they places like church or like Luther Ridge and Luther Rock and Camp Agape? Are they Programs like Sunday school or vacation Bible school, Bible study, or things like that. Clearly, you are sitting here with us today, whether you're here in person or virtually. And that means that you have been led to good pastures and you have been nourished. But the reality of a good shepherd is that the good shepherd doesn't go, well, you know, I led them to good pastures in the past, and they did okay, so I'm going to wish them the best of luck and hope they fend well for themselves. Do you keep your job as a, uh, as a, uh, as a shepherd for long, if that's your, your approach? Or rather, as a good shepherd, do you go out and continue to seek out new, fertile grazing lands with which to nourish your sheep. So now what I want to invite you to do 
is to wonder for a little while. To dream for a little while. Do you remember dreaming? Anybody remember as a kid laying out in the grass and staring up at the sky and just dreaming about stuff? Being a firefighter and an astronaut and diving to the depths of the sea or climbing to the tops of mountains? I want to invite you to wonder and to dream for a moment. Where might God lead you to new, fresh, fertile pastures that nourish your faith in ways that you wouldn't have expected? Again, as a kid, I grew up at St. Luke Lutheran Church in Florence, South Carolina, on the corner of King Avenue and Winston Street with Pastor Wayne Howell. Everybody there knew my name. It was great. I loved everything about growing up in the faith at St. Luke Lutheran Church. And I was also convinced as a little kid that church began and ended at the doorstep of the church. And then one day, Pastor Howell invited me to a different pasture. He said, come with me to Lutheridge. And there was fresh grass and still waters. And all of a sudden, my faith was grown in ways I couldn't possibly have imagined. And something about that stuck for me. And so, I've tried to keep my eyes open for as many pastures as God would show me. When I was in college, I did campus ministry stuff. I hung out with Baptists, and I even had a little stint with Pentecostals. Let me tell you, they are exhausting. <laughs> when I was in seminary, I hung out with Catholics and Orthodox Christians. You think our services are long. I mean, I went to a, a Wednesday night prayer service. I mean, you think 30 minutes here. Two and a half hours later, April's blowing up my phone, texting me, going, where are you? I'm worshiping Jesus. Be patient. That didn't go over super well. All throughout my life, I've tried to recognize that all around me are grassy pastures. And there I find Jesus. I even did a stint doing a Little League baseball church in the middle of a baseball diamond on Sunday afternoons because we found out that all the families were there. And so you know what? Church can happen on a baseball diamond, too. And those grasses of a baseball field, they can be nourishing also. 
Last week we talked about the Gallup poll that shows that church membership is on a decline and everybody freaks out. They get worried. Oh gosh, this is terrible. I think there's a different way to look at it. It might simply be that people are finding grassy pastures in other places. Because you know what? When I've gone to Little League games, there are kids there. There are families there. You know who else I find there? Jesus. Not always. You have to look. But there he is. One of the hobbies I've taken up during this pandemic is cycling. You know where a lot of people are on Sunday morning? 50-mile bike rides. Big, huge communities. Actually, in one of our outdoor services, while we were getting, getting ready one day, we had a whole swath of cyclists come through. And you know what I've found out as I've talked to cyclists? You know who I find among them? Jesus. My wife has gotten into the plant community, the, the houseplant community. Anybody into houseplants here? If you want to get into them, I promise we can hook you up. We have 50 houseplants in my house. I'm not joking. I'm going to get a talking to when I get home today. I can just tell. You know who you meet in the midst of the houseplant community? Jesus. And I can go on and on and on. All around us, there are communities. All around us, there are pastures. And all around us, there's Jesus. So I'm not telling you to skip church on Sunday. I want you here. But I'm also wondering if maybe Jesus is trying to connect us to some of these communities around us. Because maybe we need the grasses in their pastures. And you know what? Maybe they need the grasses in our pasture. That's kind of how this grazing thing works. You need to rotate around the pastures so that you don't eat it all up and wear it out. So this morning I want you to celebrate the pastures that Jesus has led you to and the ways that you have been nourished. And then I want you to wonder and to hope and to dream about what kind of pastures Jesus might be inviting you into and the ways in which your faith may be grown and strengthened and protected by where Jesus is leading you. Amen. All right. Well, hey, thanks for uh, joining us for our sermon today. We certainly hope that it was a blessing for you. Uh, just a, a closing reflection as we go out, uh, as I uh, asked the congregation and you in the, the sermon you just listened to, uh, reflect on the pastures that God has led you to, the people, places, and practices that have been uh, nourishing pastures for you. Uh, pastures, not pastors, pastures, although pastors can certainly be pastures. Uh, but reflect on those and give thanks um, for uh, how God has used those to nourish you. And also reflect on uh, what kind of pastures God might be leading 
leading you to, uh, to continue providing for your care, your nourishment, and your protection. As always, thank you for listening, and uh, I will see you, or uh, rather talk with you next time. Thanks. 